remember a few years ago when like they had a virus and everything shut down and everything closed and doesn't ring a bell. Didn't happen in Florida. Yeah, so I think they they called it a they call it a pandemic. It's still happening um, in Canada. It happened for five years in Oregon. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> On this episode of Resi Week, we talk the anatomy of a buyout, Snap's new co-HQ, and getting prepped for recession. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 380, Eyes Wide Open. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Taft Strickland. He's the dude over at Just Add Power. How are you doing, Taft? I'm excellent. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, then we have a newcomer, Brittany DeSario. Uh, she's the... <laughs> I said that wrong, didn't Yes, I? you did, but that's okay. Uh, Decessory. Decessory. I even wrote it phonetically and still screwed it up. <sighs> My apologies. Uh, she is in charge of client. She is a client success manager over at Control Concepts. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Now that I've butchered your name and That's your right. title. I'm used to it. Things. No worries. It's okay. I'll, I'm going to butcher the next guys too. Uh, this is Seth Johnson. He is our resident Florida man. Uh, also a software development manager over at Blackwire Design. How you doing, Seth? Why, why, why am I getting called out as a Florida man? Taft is sitting right down the street from me right now, aren't you? I, I'm, I'm in Oregon. Oh, you got away. I never have lived in Florida for longer than seven days. Oh. At the most expensive, happiest place on earth. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, most expensive. I like that one. Yeah, that's the truth. I, I actually, we're totally off topic now. Um, I looked at it for my kids and was like talking to my wife because her mom lives in Florida. And mm. so she half owns a house down there too. And I'm like, can we use that for the residency residency discount? And we looked it up and I'm like, nope. I'm like, Dang it. <laughs> so close. All right. Um, let's get right into it. This comes to us from Residential Systems. Uh, we're just going to highlight this for a second. Cedia has opened submissions for the Lifetime Achievement and Manufacture Product Awards. Uh, go check this out. Uh, you can nominate uh, both an individual as well as product uh, for, again, their their kind of Hall of Fame and their, their Lifetime Achievement. Um, that does close June 2nd. So go check that out. Um, we are going to kick off with our first story of the day from CE Pro. The anatomy of a buyout. Garrett Integrated Systems acquires the Loop technology uh, out in Washington. Um, or, or Garrett is in Washington, the Loop's in Idaho, as they plan to create a, a, a super integrator um, out in the Pacific Northwest. So read through the article. It's it's really good. It covers a bunch of really interesting aspects of both um, the acquisition, but also the the prep for this. Taft, I want to start with you on this. This is not something we hear about often in our industry, especially with like almost a one-to-one, right? We've had the few uh, via, I think was the last really big one that tried to create, again, like a super group um, that failed miserably or spectacularly, however you want to look at that. 
should we be doing a better job as integration houses to, to try and build an actual exit plan? I think it's a, a massive issue in our industry of people not having an exit plan. Um, and um, I'm also kind of interested living in the Pacific Northwest to see how this unfolds because they say mm -hmm. in the article that their plan is to continue to expand. Yeah. Um, so, you know, their battleground Washington, Boise, Idaho, and really the, the two large places uh, would be Seattle Metro and Portland Metro. Um, and they haven't even touched on, on those areas yet as far as acquiring other people. But um, I thought it was great. And, you know, cheers to the folks at Loop for building a great business and having an acquired, having an exit strategy and focusing on their next step or their next plan. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see who else they acquire or merge with. Yeah. Um, in the market. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to watch. Um, but, but I gotta say, I love the, the, I don't want to say the smaller approach, but kind of mm -hmm. like the more attainable approach of doing yeah. it slowly opposed to mm -hmm. what some of the bigger conglomerates have done where they, you know, jump yeah. out of the box and try to pick up yeah. 10 companies all at once. Mm -hmm. And then again, fail miserably. Yeah. Exactly. And excuse me, Twitter. Um, so that was <laughs> an old Twitter joke. So you know, I've been around long enough to, I love uh, it. My sneeze didn't come out right. No, it's fine. It's fine. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I think these folks are pretty smart and have the right approach. Yeah. But I think it's also about, you know, you talk about them starting small, but you have to think about the culture that is coming into and all of that is really going to affect how successful this can be. Um, and if, if you're coming from completely drastically different cultures, your success rate for this acquisition is going to be likely uh, pretty slim to none. And I think being able to come in and one, not change things drastically from the beginning, but to come in and, and start affecting small change and start bringing them into the family slowly, but then helping them buy into the culture that's already established in your existing business. And then, you know, as you continue to look to expand, I, that's going to be pretty vital in in this success, I think. How much of this, Brittany, goes to essentially like proper planning, proper contingency systems in place? Because any company that is, I, I don't want to, I'm going to use the term easily acquired, but I don't mean that it's easy to acquire. I mean that they're able to be acquired, right? Small businesses typically are never acquired because honestly, they're a mess. How much of this is that? you know, proper future planning, contingency planning, um, you know, next person up planning? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I it's definitely a, a huge factor. And I think you should always be preparing for, for that. And I don't think people go into a small business or start a business um, wanting it to just end when you decide to leave. I think people enter into entrepreneurship or starting a business, wanting it to survive them um, and have something to outlive them, uh, whether that's being acquired or the business thrives on its own and you have new leadership that comes in. Um, and I think you should always be planning for that. You should be prepared for that. But I think with that, it's making sure that you have that right foundation with your business from the start. Um, we talk about small businesses being a mess. What can we do to make them not a mess? Um, what systems, operating systems can we follow as small businesses to get the proper foundation and the proper things in place so that it one either survives you and you have leadership that can take over or two it 
looks like a good thing to acquire. Um, and it's not being acquired simply so you can get out. Yeah, that's a good point. Seth, kind of kind of on that vein, are there any specific business practices or what are the business practices that lead to a successful turnover or acquisition? Because again, like in, in the SMB world, it's something like, and I'm pulling the number off the top of my head, but it's something like 60% of them never transition beyond the original owner. Oh, I, I could see that easily, right? Because yeah. the... the I talk about this a lot with people in respects to um, like management softwares and like project management softwares and that kind of thing. Everybody's always asking, what do you use? What do you use? And it's like, well, there's all these tools out there, but they all kind of want you to run your company their way. And Mm -hmm. it's in, you know, it it all kind of flows back to everybody kind of using Excel and Microsoft Word at the end of the day uh, to run, (laughs) to run these, to run the business. And the, the, the the problem is is like companies who are established and have done well. Um, I th- I think the biggest key to be ever joining up with someone is 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 maybe a, a little bit of like check the ego I guess at the door. Mm-hmm. Like you're not mm-hmm. wrong. You su- mm-hmm. you made a successful company. Everything you did was right. Like maybe not everything, but you learned along the way and you've made changes to your company. But you're teaming up with a partner here in this case that may have also done very well. And to bridge those two things together where you don't have one person fighting another um, and, and not being on the same team. I, I've seen that happen way too often where yeah. two integration firms teamed up and, and one of them decided they were just not going to work anymore. And the other one put in all the extra work and it wasn't a 50-50 relationship at that point. So I, I think for success, <laughs> um, that you've got to go into that with both parties having eyes wide open and realizing that you're you're getting it you're you're entering a partnership a relationship with with mm-hmm. this person that you're that you're partnering with and and that's going to be um you know that's going to make or break the success of the new company and it it it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few years to see where this company it, it looks like one of the owners is actually stepping aside in this case to work yeah. on another project which is which is good because it leaves kind of one person in charge over the day-to-day operations mm-hmm. um but i i've seen it happen way too often where two companies that are doing well, but work completely differently, uh, try and mesh their companies together. And it, 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 it fails spectacularly because they, there's just, everybody wants to do the things that they've done the way they've done it before. Um, which wasn't wrong again, like it made a mm-hmm. successful AV company out of it, but it got down to integrating, <laughs> here goes integrating, uh, a, a new workflow or new people or new dynamic into the situation. And they, they couldn't adjust what they were doing to bring those new partners in and um, seen some pretty bad blood spilled over that kind of thing mm-hmm. over, over the years. So yeah, it's, it's typically a culture shift thing. Yeah. Right. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, obviously we've seen it in, in the AV world, but I know myself personally, we've seen it in the, the construction space a ton where two good sized contractors kind of try to join up and it, it, they never work. Right. It, it never, it, it only seems to work when it's the massive company absorbing the smaller company because they bring in all their hopes and dreams and they just get crushed by the, by the big corporate company. Who's like, no, 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 no. It's great that you thought you were doing that. You're not doing that. You're going to do it this way. So, all right, let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from a residential tech today. Snap one has opened the new Salt Lake city co headquarters. Uh, they just opened a 95,000 square foot, uh, 
new CoHQ at Innovation Point Campus in Lehigh, Utah. Um, read through the article. Uh, they've got some really cool pictures of the the new CoHQ, uh, as well as some some interesting stuff as far as what this is going to help them do. So, Brittany, I want to I want to start with you on this one. What does this mean for for Snap? Is, is this outside of just you know another really big office that's that's their new HQ with with some new research? Is this anything more than just expanding into a bigger space? Um, I mean, congrats to them. I, I think it's awesome that they're they're able to open up this new location, and I think for them. It, I would imagine it's them trying to showcase their strength as a company. Um, I honestly question why similar locations. I, I think probably stretching it out across uh, and being able to serve on a, a different side uh, of the country probably would have been better. But I think for them, it just shows that, you know, perhaps their strength coming out of the pandemic. And I, mm -hmm. you know, I congratulate them on that. That's fantastic. Seth, d does this help every time somebody opens a new location, especially one that has a, a training app, uh, a training component to it? It's touted as, as a, as a huge, you know, win for, for dealers. Does this impact dealers at all? Other than again, there, there's a new location they can go do on-site training for. No, I mean, it, it definitely, I mean, it, it could, I guess, if, 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 it, if it attracts people who want to work there, you know, to, to say I work in this. I mean, just looking at the picture of the building, it's beautiful. Like the inside yeah, and out pictures that they provided in the article, it, it's amazing looking. Um, but, you know, it, it, if it attracts people who wants to work for Snap AV to come work there, then end up helping dealers. I guess it's kind of that would that would be the way yeah. I would think the, the dealers would be indirectly affected by something like this. That's a good point. Taff, is there anything to the the the, the co-HQ side? Or is that just, I, I, I don't want to call it like just some goofy marketing speak, but it, I, I don't understand the, the co-HQ side yeah. other than like management's still going to be where management is. And yeah. this is going to be the I mean, research my, and training. My, fir my first thought's probably not great. Are they stuck in a lease on the other building? Um, <laughs> you know, like what's, what's the backstory, you know? Yeah. It, is it a lease issue? Did they um, like? Did they plan this building prior to the pandemic? Has it has it just recently been built? Um, you know, are they going to keep both locations? Um, and then my final question is: They have people that come to the office. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's like, who works in an office anymore? Yeah, it's Utah. And in the article, I think it's it states they have like five hundred people that are working out of there. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. So that really that really surprised me. Um. At that number. Um, the number for the company overall doesn't surprise me, but for that building, I was kind of like, wow, mm. that's, uh, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty major. So, um, I guess whatever works for them, if they can have engineering, you know, sales, um, training facility, um, an anechoic chamber with a hard floor, um, all that in one building and then management in the other building, then, um, you know, that may work best for them, um. Because, uh, you know, sometimes having everybody all together really isn't that great. And I think what, what I'm, and again, maybe this is just confusion on my part. So apologies to Snap if that's the case. I know they have uh, another HQ in, in Charlotte and in and another center in, in Serbia. But it, it's the Draper, Utah and the new Lehigh, Utah that is throwing us off here. But yeah, yeah it, 
I don't know. It, it'll be very interesting to see what they do with it. Again, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, th there's nothing better than having big buildings with your names on them. As long as you and it's a, it's a good looking building too. So it looks great. Mm -hmm. Lots of glass. I love it. All right. Let's uh, hit our uh, last story of the day. This comes to us from CE pro and outgoing uh, editor in chief, Jason, not is your company prepared for a recession? A study of 72% of small businesses say that they are well equipped for recession, uh, leveraging financial assets and adopting efficiency tools which makes me wonder if you weren't adopting uh, efficiency tools before that. Mm -hmm. um, again, small businesses are a mess. Read through the article. It, it, it covers some, some very, you know, really good stats that aren't just focused on uh, the, the AV space, but also just focused on, on, on SMB in general. Mm -hmm. Seth, <clears throat> what's the number one thing that can help, you know, SMBs in our business, in our industry, get through the the potential or the, you know, whatever we're going to actually call this. We're, we're finally, it seems, calling it a recession or a potential recession. Um, what will help integrators get through this and manufacturers? I don't know. Maybe get on the other side of an election year or something. It'd be nice. <laughs> to <where it's> not... <laughs> seems, seems to crop up right around... That oh, time. Florida man, always there with us. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I keep hearing the potentials there for the recession, but and and everybody in the Fed is claiming that you know, despite raising interest rates, the economy is still strong and people are you know still mm -hmm. happy to go along to their job. I I don't know. I don't know where this is going to come from. I know everybody's tense and worried about it, but it doesn't seem to actually display in the numbers we get every month. I mean, the mm -hmm. last jobs report that came out here in the states was amazing. Um, Con considering that everybody's being laid off in the tech sector, like it, it's really weird. It's a really, I mean, it's just a strange economy right now. And I guess with that mm -hmm. uncertainty right there, it's just kind of like, who? I, I don't really have any good advice other than just keep doing what you're doing because it seems like we're doing okay. Uh, but you know, keep an eye on how things are going. If those new jobs are getting canceled or pushed out, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, that's really the only bellwether that we can follow. Taft, is it? completely reliant on leadership to, to, to weather these or how much of it is buy-in from, from staff and, and, you know, your, your team at your company? I don't know. I would, uh, I would say within my world, it's mm -hmm. really reliant on management ownership, um, you know, to, to push the envelope and to, to make sure. And I'm having flashbacks to like, remember a few years ago when like they had a virus and everything shut down and everything closed and doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. So I think oh, they, they call it, a, they call it a pandemic. Yeah. It's still happening um, in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, it happened for five years in Oregon. I, I happened for five years in Florida. <laughs> but, uh, I've kind of flashed back to that where mm -hmm. everything stopped. Right. Um, and for myself, the only thing scarier than everything stopping is like it's stopping and then you spend what you had in reserves, right? To watch yeah. that, to watch that change. Um, and then we kind of shifted where everybody was home and things picked up and people were spending money on, on homes. Um, and right now I wish the feds would just kind of slow down on the interest rate thing and give it some time um, because they're not making... Yeah. They're not making like Kool-Aid where you like pour it in the water and stir it and it changes color. 
like this stuff takes time. Mm -hmm. So when you raise rates to slow things down, like you've got to give it time. And I feel mm -hmm. like in the world of instantaneous, you know, whether it's DoorDash or Uber or, you know, look this up online or Amazon delivers it in the next two hours. That's not how our economy works. And I feel like that's what people are expecting. Oh, that didn't work last week. Let's raise it again. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, that didn't work this week. Let's raise it again. And, you know, as things are slow directly across the street from me, they tore down a house and they're building, you know, two more multi-million dollar houses jammed together right across from me. Um, you know, and it's just like seeing things continue to progress. I feel like the economy has been weird for probably the last, I don't know, 25 years <laughs> and nobody can figure it out. So the word yeah. recession is just spewed, you know, it's like, it, it just like we've been going into a recession for the last 10 years, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what everybody predicts. You know, it's, it's the bad word. It's the, the scary word. So, um, you know, I think consumer confidence is probably down a little bit, but then people are still spending, you know, there's, there's those cycles. So there you go. I do not have an economy degree. So <laughs> yeah, it sounded like it to me. Okay. All right, Brittany, wrap this up for us. Um, <clears throat> what concerns me when it, and again, this is a long-standing concern of mine, mm -hmm. is when I read through articles like this and I look at stuff and specifically things like 82% intend to obtain financing mm -hmm. in the coming year versus 70% last year. Mm -hmm. And financing has gone through the roof mm -hmm. in to the interest rate conversation that we just had. Mm -hmm. um, business operations are the number one thing that small businesses typically get wrong. They don't seem to understand how to run a business, especially in our industry, which is a little bit more hobbyish mm -hmm. than say your traditional SMB. What do integrators have to do to sure up those business operations or discover that they have them? Yeah. You know, one of the two. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, <laughs> In, in relation to the interest rate hikes, like poor small businesses, especially if they're running on credit, you're talking about more of them financing. No surprise, they used all their reserves the last few years just trying to stay afloat. And now you're hiking the interest rates. And the article talks about, you know, prices rising from small businesses because of this. Of course it is. The cost of business has gone up because it costs more to run the business. Um, and so I, I think there are a few things that, you know, we have to be aware of. I think also the fact that it, it highlighted more small businesses are focused on, focused on retaining talent. If you're a company that's not focused on retaining talent, what are you focusing on? Um, it shouldn't just be, oh, let's prepare for a recession. We need to keep as many people as we can. That should be what you're doing all the time. We should always be investing in our teams. We brought them in the door for a reason. Let's equip them. Let's train them. Let's invest in them. And there's this, I think, mindset that if we train them up and we give them all the tools and resources they need, they'll leave. And I think that's such a negative mindset to be in. If we're training them, we're equipping them, 
they're going to stay invested in us. Um, I think they're going to mo more employees will be grateful for the all that you've done for them. They'll be grateful for the times you gave uh, in times of hardship and recession. And I think they're more likely to stay. And I think we need to continue to invest in the people we have. And that's going to help you in recruiting new teams, too. Um, and so as you're looking at, you know, stuff like that, if as you're looking at business operations, you should really be looking at where is that stock gap? Like, is everything still funneling through the business owner? Because if it is, you're not going to grow. If it, if everything relies on the one person, you're stuck. Um, so you need to be mindful of what that leadership team looks like, what that scalability looks like for your team and start preparing and equipping. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. Thank you uh, all for joining us. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, <clears throat> Taft, if people want to connect with you, uh, learn more about Just Add Power. Where can they do that? Uh, you can go to justadpower.com, um, our website, which is newly redesigned, and it's pretty awesome. Um, love how it turned out. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram um, as well. And at Infocom, you'll find us uh, next to the Christie Digital booth in booth number 1725. Hey, and I will... Uh, I like it. I will be there. I may look a little different with the humidity in my hair, but I'll be there. So, um, and, uh, so looking forward to the show. Excellent. Thank you for being here, sir. Brittany, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Control Concepts, where can they do that? So you can go to controlconcepts.net and learn more about us. And I can be reached on Twitter and LinkedIn at Britt Dice. And I will also see you all at Infocom. We don't have a booth, but we will be everywhere with our team. So just come and find us. And we'll be celebrating something pretty exciting and big. So you'll want to make sure you stop by and find me or find one of our team. We have the blue shirts on again. Well, they vary in color. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. All right, Seth, thank you for being here, my friend. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Black Wire Design, where can they do that? Yeah, uh, you can check out blackwiredesigns.com. Uh, and we will be at Infocom as well this year. Uh, booth. Now, we didn't we didn't get a jump on this. We didn't start early. We decided not too long ago to do it. So we're not next to the fancy Christie booth. We're next to the last row. <laughs> so <laughs> find us... Uh, <laughs> Find us at booth 4688 there uh, in Orlando. So we're looking forward to being there though. Excellent. Thank you again uh, for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.